And then it started to dawn on me, but maybe this trip isn't really about just ticking things off. I, I, I think it's about something a little bit deeper. I think it's about trying to work out who I am really on a deeper level. I think it's great to have ambitions and goals and whatever, but I think really they're just our vehicles to work out who we are. And then I think once you work out who you are, I think we should just try to be ourselves. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello. Hello. That was like my jam. That was one of my like going out jams. Party in the US. Yeah. Hey. In college. Yeah. Because it was like, hopped at the plane at LAX. It was like a very like. <laughs> like hopped off the plane at Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at Northern Kentucky Cincinnati Airport. No one's there. It's like a palming. Platinum hair in the booth. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, did you, crispy. The, did you see the crispy in the, in the house? Did you see, hear about the Lindsay Lohan live? Yeah, I can't. I watched it yesterday. Sounds I'm, like a good use of time. Well, I, I, mean, I could not. It's a fucking, tra- oh, someone I, told oh, me about it. I, I was like, I, I saw see She this. was t- trending on Twitter, but I didn't see, but so I read about it. What was it like? I'm scared for her. So I don't know why. And so I used to work with her brother in the bars in New York city. Mm. Normal as hell. So down to earth. So chill. Why is it like, why isn't someone in her family being like, Hey, cause so anyway, he's crazy too. Yeah, I know. Except for, I feel bad for him. He's like actually norm. The mo- what? He's norm. He's normal and hot. Really? He's engaged. But the video was, so there was this, <laughs> family. I, I, I don't know if they were homeless, but they were on the street kind of like moving, like carting around, you know, their belongings, yeah. whatever, but they were a family unit. And she was basically, I should pull up that there's transcripts online. <laughs> and it was basically saying like to the kids, do you want to come and watch a movie on my computer? <laughs> it would be so fun. I'll bring you back to your parents you know, in a little bit or whatever. And then she was kind of shaming the parents for being on the street, not allowing their kids to go with her. And so anyway, it escalates and she goes to grab the kid's hand and the mother basically like punches her in the face. Damn. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find like a transcript. It's yeah, it's on, um, how did they know they were refugee? Like, how do, how well, do people know? She assumed she's like, she, she basically was like, you're Syrian refugees, da, 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 da. Ah. I mean, she's clearly fucked up. Oh my God. She goes, hey, everyone, I just want to show you a family I met, a Syrian refugee family. I'm going to introduce you to them. What? Yeah. Guys, you're going the wrong way. My car is here. Come. You know what's fucking sad though? Is like, dude, there's kids, there's a lot of trafficking. 
of children and sex workers mm -hmm. too. So it's just like bad execution with a, you know. Why, but why can put we, it on can live? We, can though? we do this in the daylight and actually yeah. make a profound statement on it rather than turn on your live and be like, Hey, come with me to, to my computer to watch movies. What? It, and that's like, you have a platform you could use. Yeah. Dude, that's a number one perv statement. That's like, that's like 2018 <laughs> perv statement. Come watch a movie on my computer. It's not like, Hey, I've got candy. It's like, come watch Netflix with me on my computer. Oh shit. That's like, dude, new perv nerve. Yeah, Perving. I don't know what's going on with her. Peeps be perving. That's crazy. Just stay though. at at Lohan Beach Club. Just oh yeah, and uh, and Dubai. No, uh, She's in Greece? Dubai. Oh yeah, you're right. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. I think maybe they Dude. have a few. Whatever, man. <laughs> I don't even know. It's so fucking crazy. Sweet. Whatever, Lohan. man. Sweet, sweet Lohan. I was in uh, Switching Gears. I shared this on my story the other day, but I was in Zara. Mm. And I was just like getting some basics. I was like, I need my teas, you know? Mm. And I was at the checkout and I was like chilling. I had something in a little bit. So I was kind of like dressed for that and whatever. And then I'm like, just like looking around, people watching and in walks my ex-boyfriend with his fiance. And I hadn't seen him in like, probably this Zara? three years. Yeah. In Santa Monica. He doesn't live near here. So I was like, Crit. no, 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 not that one. Oh yeah. And I just, um, I just mouthed something guys. <laughs> You're like, had to be here. <laughs> and, um, I Damn. saw him and I was just, I had the most intense physical reaction. Like what? I've had in a while. Um, I started Nipples to get are hard, literally, I started to get tunnel vision. Oh wow! So everything kind of started to go dark and I could only see like a little, so I was at the counter. So, and then my heart started to, oh, uh, I mean, yeah, like, you what know do what you I do? mean? It was just cause he was with his fiance. So Oof. it was just weird. Cause I hadn't seen him in so long. Mm. And like, I, you know what I mean? It was just like very weird. And I didn't Did realize you turn around or. No, but then I like started to kind of look to see where they had gone and I saw her and she saw me. <gasps> we locked eyes, you know. Do you think she knows? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm oh. sure. I mean, when you, she literally started dating him very soon after he and I broke up. So I think you do a little research, I would. Yeah. Like who were you dating before a little bit? Totally. Just whatever. Do you think he saw? Um, I think so. I'm pretty sure that he saw me when he walked in. Shit. But I just... It was really intense. I was like, oh, like I still have something. Not that I have feelings yeah, for yeah. him in that way, but I was just like, oh, wow. Like that was not closed in a way totally. that I wouldn't freak out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like you're like, you know, it wasn't like you were on stage at one of our events. <laughs> like, No, in, I was by in myself light. in Zara. <laughs> you're literally by yourself at Zara. Yeah. So I was like, just, I was like making what friends with the cashier. What were they doing at Zara together? I think she was like kind of shopping or whatever, shopping around. But um, he kind of liked wearing, he, he was like, he kind of fashion-y, you know? Yeah. I like that. Like we should, we, I remember us shopping together and doing stuff like that. Yeah. But that was one thing when we were in Austin, there was a lot of whack, wackadoo. Dude. Whack styles. Wackadoo man. dude styles. Texas love ya. Very golfy. <laughs> <laughs> love ya, but uh, very golfy. It was so, so we. I, at your Augusta hat. Save it for when you're retired. Save it. We were at, um, actually the JW Marriott Austin was 
fucking Yo, awesome. I was like, huh? Yeah. It was, and everyone was like, you're staying there? I was like, yeah, it was so it beautiful. It was beautiful. But um, in the lobby- Thanks, Samantha. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Um, the, in the lobby, <laughs> it was a sea- one of khaki of, shorts of dudes in khaki shorts, leather belts, and like take your pick of pastel golf shirts. Mm-hmm. And half of them had hats on, which is inappropriate mm-hmm. if you're in a around a lady meeting. <laughs> <laughs> take off your hat around a lady. That was the thing in Japan, dude. Every man was wearing a white or blue shirt. Really? When they were like working, huh? Like working men. Every one of them was wearing a white or blue shirt. That's no colors, no greens, no stripes, no no sparkles, no patterns, nothing. Wow. In Tokyo, like when people like were more fashionable, their fashion was like insane, but all of them wore like the same color. It's huh. crazy. I was like, huh. That's interesting. But they like that. You know, they yeah. kind of don't want to. I kind of like that. <laughs> I do too. Like in, it's funny in the States, like this style is to be unique and to stand out and to be different, you know, but there it was just like, hmm, I'm just mm. working. Cool. I know. Portland okay. style. Oh, Portland style is cool. Yeah, cool. Pretty cool. My my outfits though for the whole week were so whack. I was like, did I lose things? I have no idea. I just packed like too dressy. Like I was like, dude, you would have paid. The the dress that I that I got for Portland that actually didn't come in time. It was a run the mm. runway. Got delivered. Mm, off the shoulder, like red lace it was literally like a, <laughs> like a lace like someone would have worn it it's to like, like a cocktail cocktail dress. cocktail dress it was it was straight up yeah. cocktail dress i know i was like in a probe as i was packing i was like oh like we're going to places you had you were good you packed well yeah i was pretty good i was just yeah. i was like literally on high alert i was like oh everyone's chill where we're going i know i didn't even think about it and we were telling them to show up in like yoga clothes so i was like yeah oh, i should have thought about that but like whatever um, it's just a we something. need a stylist, so help us. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we need Susie's stylist. Susie Batiste's stylist. Yeah, she's the best. Oh, yeah. Did you, uh, Susie Batiste's um, poopery, like, launched that new campaign? Mm. Girls Don't Poop. Genius. The video is genius. The campaign is genius. genius. Check it out. I posted it in the group and. We should share. I shared my poop story and and like barely anyone commented their poop story. Really? So I'm asking you guys again. I think. Try to think. People commented, but they were actually commenting that they, and I kind of want to send you love for sharing that because it is kind of a thing. They were like, they were like, this is disgusting. Cause I get it, but like, this is kind of the point of the whole campaign. Cause we are kind of we're humans. programmed totally. to think like, you know, girls don't poop. Girls don't and we're so I always say to Justin every morning, I'm like, I'm healthy. <laughs> That's my thing. I'm always, he's like, did you just poop? I'm like, I'm healthy. <laughs> Cause I am. I'm healthy, dude. Oh my God. Too funny. Too yeah. funny. I actually clogged the toilets at Susie's, which was great. we had been there for like an hour and I clogged the fucking toilet. <laughs> It's like, oh, cool. I'm in this mega mansion at this like amazing woman's house and I've clogged her toilet. And then whatever in the evening when we were, we were going to bed. Um, oh, yeah. The yeah spirit. So, so they have like really friend. She has some friendly spirit spirits in mm-hmm. the church so that she lives in, in uh, a church. And, and if is- you want to see the church go down my Instagram or almost 30s Instagram. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But the toilet started to bubble. It was like, blah, blah. It was like, and we had unclogged the toilet by then. So we were like, huh? it was it had been hours. So it was just talking to us. Yeah. It was saying, 
don't fucking clog my toilet. Yeah. I was just like (laughs) laughing. So before we went to bed, I had to talk to the spirits and I was like, thank you so much for letting us be here. We're only here for a night. Mm -hmm. We're so tired. Um, It would be amazing if we could just sleep soundly through the night. We Mm -hmm. would appreciate it so much. And we did. Had the best sleep. Best sleep. Best sleep. It was so great. I had. Woke up, did yoga with Susie. And then the lights. I have a video of it. So during, right, right when we started the meditation um, and Susie did an amazing, you know, crystal bowl she portion put, of it. Yeah, so good. The lights in the ceiling were like flickering and dancing. It was cool. It was crazy. She looked at me. She's like, look. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. It was so cool. It was like a little um, Tinkerbell. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> it was really cool. It wasn't scary at all. So yeah, that was amazing. And one of Susie's friends is on the podcast today. They're good friends. Oh my I god! Didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. I was. I had a lot of fun at this interview. Yeah, this was a blast. This was. I. I enjoyed a good story. I, I'm. I was in the mood for a good story. Completely. I got a good story, and I. This is what I like. Surprise! He surprised me mm-hmm. with some great stories and information, and he is truly walking the walk and walking talking the, walk. the talk. Yeah. Um, Sebastian Terry is on the podcast today, founder of 100 Things. Um, he's asking people around the world what's on their list. So he's he had created this bucket list of 100 things in the wake of losing a dear friend. And he was reevaluating kind of how he was living his life and if he was truly happy. And um, yeah, he went on a serious adventure and he shares some of those with us in this episode. Um, and he's also launching, um, something called kindsum.com. So it's, think of it as like a task rabbit for kindness. You can, um, band together with people in the community to help those in need. Um, it's pretty incredible. He's so fun, so funny, so easy to talk to. Mm. And that's what I like realized. Um, we've gotten to know him a little bit over the last month and he's he is across the board, just a consistent human being to every single person he meets, which you don't find often. Yeah. And it's like so refreshing and it helps people to be themselves um, always. So I just, we love him so much. And, when and he's so dedicated he's to like changing other people's lives yeah. and doing stuff for good and for others. And, you know, his life has kind of like met him. Yeah. So it's like as he's dedicated himself to helping the greater good, mm-hmm. you know, the universe has completely met him with everything that he needs. Yeah, the synchronicities and just like yeah. who has come out of the woodwork to help him, which he'll share on the podcast, has like it was yeah. like mind blowing. Got me thinking about too, like what would I do, you know, for my hundred things, mm. or like what would it be? That'd be fun. Great white right shark diving. I'm sad that I didn't do that in South Africa. Oh, maybe you could do it in Australia. Well, that's a good point. I, don't I probably know. should because. You, so you can do it in like, a, you get a in a cage. cage or whatever, but yeah, I've always wanted to do that because I've always have dreams of sharks and stuff. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to like do that. That'd be cool. Justin was too scared. Come on, Justin. And like, how cool would it be if you did die that way? <laughs> how fucking cool. Sick. I'm like, sorry, the podcast is over. She died from a great white shark bite. <laughs> I would just be like, please, please bite all the way. Yeah. yeah. Don't fuck. Don't just fuck me Don't up. Fuck. Just bite all the way. <laughs> Just bite the whole head. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right. We know you guys are going to love this, this one. This is going to be a fun and get involved. one. You can get involved. Let's share in our so. group. So in the secret, um, 
Almost 30 Podcast Facebook group online. Let's talk about, you know, what things would be on your sort of bucket list of sorts um, and also about how we can help others too. So we'll be in in there talking and I'm really excited. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you on the other side. Enjoy this episode. Love you. See you on the flip. Love you. Wait, so you just spoke to like some high schoolers and middle schoolers? Yeah. 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 Like what are they like these days? Well, well, they'd never met an Australian. I was in the middle really? of yeah, yeah. Please tell the story. What? <laughs> please tell the what story. What schools? Well, it was in Vermont, okay. um, which I clearly have no idea where it is. <laughs> so I, I, but I thought I was somewhere like on the east coast, and then I got into this town called Richford, and there was a sign saying two miles to Canada, and I was like, where am I? So I drove to the border, and there was like some Canadian flags and a little guy up there in uniform, <laughs> and I was like, is that Canada? And he's like, yeah. In brackets, you idiot. Yes. And then, yeah, he, uh, I, I don't know, but I spoke at this school and it was like a beautiful little town, really pretty, nice little bridge, welcome to Richford sign. Cool. And then, but then the more I looked at it, like the, you know, there was like heaps of boxes stack, stacked up in houses and like boards across shop windows and people like walking around really slowly with no agenda. Why? I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but it's, I guess it's just no business going on. There's no growth. A lot of the kids who uh, I spoke to, apparently they're, parents uh uh in jail and really yeah so it was kind of it was pretty gnarly and then and then I I spoke to them and it was great like it was really fun yeah. and they were like they're silent the whole time just like fully engaged Aww. you know on this guy with a funny accent and then the Q&A was the best I was just saying that <laughs> you know usually it's like questions about how do I start my list or what what's a, a tip you have for getting over this obstacle and they were like can you do a cartwheel <laughs> and, and uh did you um, I can't do cartwheels, so no. Uh, yeah, uh, I am learning how to do a headstand, though. So that's. Uh, I am too. Do I feel like it's so it hurts though. I'm too big of a risk for not much of a reward. What a headstand? Yeah. What's the um, risk? You can break your neck. Oh yeah, that's risky. But your arms are supposed to be supporting. Yeah, but yeah. you can still fuck it up and break your neck. Maybe. Hey, is <laughs> Who this wants the to thing, do the headstand? Yeah, we're on. Yeah, oh, great. Awesome. your ego or you? You know what I mean? Who wants it? Your body or your ego? The he- well, I just felt really good when I was inverted. Yeah, it does feel good. Which I've since learned is mm-hmm. actually good. Mm-hmm. So that checks out. And I just like that feeling. So mm-hmm. I keep trying to do it. But I, I reckon my my ratio of like attempts to success, it, maybe I do a heads down one in every 10. Yeah. 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 And the rest I'm just rolling around. <laughs> what else did they ask you? <laughs> oh, other questions. Um, things like uh, what's the main difference between Australia and America? And mm. I said koalas. <laughs> Oh my God, um, good one. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, one was, do I have a girlfriend? Another was, am I married? I got a proposal, which is really nice. Oh. What'd she say? Um, she or said, she, 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 on my list was to marry a stranger in Las Vegas. And I, and I did that um, a while ago. And this kid, I guess, liked the story. And she's like, would you consider marrying someone again? And I said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and she said, would you marry me? And then everyone started laughing. Uh, and then I had to, as gently as I could, sort of, Say no, but thank you. <laughs> oh, bearing in mind she was fourteen as well. By the way. So yeah. Was she serious? Illegal. I don't. Well, look, I don't know if she'd fully thought it through, but <laughs> she was. She um. Yeah, she's dodged a bullet. I, I would. I would suggest. <laughs> what if you're like, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be like, it. I'd be living in Richmond. Yeah, I wouldn't be here. I'd oh be. man. Wait, did you have to get a divorce then? Yeah, kind of. Are you divorced or are you married? Yeah, we, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. Uh, yeah, it was an annulment. Uh, there was like a little bit of bribe. I had to bribe a priest to do a few things. Uh, uh, to, or not things like that, like just to, to, to lose some paperwork. And, um, yeah, no, we, 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 uh, yeah, that's done. I'm single. I'm, I'm so single sorry. and unmarried. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I know you. But it, but it was epic. I, I got to speak in this, like, because in, in Australia, like you watch, you know, a lot of our TV comes from America. So you see these like high school, junior highs with like, you know, this school was the, they were the Richford Rockets and there's like a big rocket emblazoned across this basketball mm. court and there's all like the uh, the flags up in the corners with people's names mm-hmm. and highest point scorers of 1987. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, that's why I one of the allures of speaking over here in America is like I get to see all that. The flags. Just fl- I love flags. <laughs> like Richmond's 1987 yeah. highest scorer yeah. of the JV team. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah, know, it, it, was, it was really, really fun. I had two cool. talks that day. I spoke at another place called um, Craftsbury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I met this lady in the bed and breakfast that I stayed at who'd, who'd lived there her whole life, 37 years. And then she said, oh, well, actually, no, that's a lie. I did move three miles up the road when I was 16 for six months. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like real localised, wow. awesome people, wow. um, like salt of the earth, genuine individuals. And I just love that. You know, you don't see that all the time. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, let's go back. We always do this. We jump in. But can you introduce yourself to our audience for those of them who don't know you, who you are, what you do, what is this list <laughs> and all the things? Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I was waiting. I was just like, what is this going to be? Is that how people do it normally? Yeah. Well, I'm Sebastian. Wait, can you do your didgeridoo? Oh. We should play the didgeridoo. Yeah, okay. Um, here, let me just pick this one up. <laughs> didgeridoo. <laughs> it was that's making sounds before. I was like, yeah. that sounds like your native by land. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just make sounds by myself. Yeah. Mm. So I'm Sebastian. Uh, I'm, I'm a sound maker. With an S. With an S, yeah, unlike your previous boyfriend. Um, and uh, my last name's Terry. Uh, so that's Sebastian Terry. And then I did this thing called, <laughs> this is the worst introduction. It's the best. Okay, good. Uh, 100 things uh, is what I do. Basically, I, I mean, in a nutshell, finished high school, didn't know what to do when I got a degree. <laughs> what is that? It's like a gong. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. you're done. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is going to be a long one, guys. <laughs> okay. okay, so let's focus. Let's, let's no, regroup. Wait, wait, okay, 100 things. I'm regrouping. Uh, I forgot what the question was. Introduce myself. Okay, yeah, who sure. are you? That's I, I a good question. I ask myself a lot, but I, I have this list of 100 things that I'm trying to do to be happier in life, essentially, and experience the world. And I started about nine years ago. Um, there's a few things that led to that. Uh, I lost a, I lost a close friend of mine at 24. I started a business that really just got me sort of down in the dumps after a few years. I just, I, I just realized I didn't care for money. And then, um, I, I guess I also had this university degree that I was told I should get. And then I got it and I just felt really underwhelmed and I, I kind of a combination of all those things just realized I was unhappy. So I created a list of a hundred things and, and I dropped everything in my life to pursue it. And yeah, nine years on now, it's kind of developed into this thing, which really isn't just about me and a list. Cause it's quite exciting. Some of the things on the list are, are kind of cool, but it's, it's grown into the big community, which is around the world. And I kind of help people now in, in a sense, I get um, emails, whatever messages from people saying, can you help me achieve this particular goal? And if I can, I, I do. 
But the beauty of it is that I don't do it by myself. I kind of share that story with people, with my community, and complete strangers around the world will engage in these acts of kindness. And so that's what I'm focused on, kind of scaling, spreading kindness. Mm. Mm. Okay, where to first? So you lost yeah. your uh, close friend. When you were 24, you, you were around the same he age? He was 24. Yeah, yeah, we are both the same age. Okay, when was that like? It was... I mean, it, I've it never was, lost anyone at that age, so I don't. Yeah, it was. I was in Canada at the time, so I'd I'd kind of been backpacking essentially, just trying to find something in life. Really, mm-hmm. I was just drifting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was in Canada, and I got the phone call really late one night from a friend, um, and he said, "Chris has passed away overnight." It was, of course, really tragic, and it was very sudden, and it was an, an accident as well. And I don't know, I kind of sat there in the middle of the night in Canada and I, you know, I think in those moments you always ask, why am I here? What am I doing? All those typical generic yeah. things. And, and I, you know, I don't really think I got anywhere near to an answer. And for me, I just started writing. I always write when I'm a bit confused or trying to work through something. And I just started writing like just random thoughts. And after like a couple of hours of writing in the middle of the night, I remember just coming up with this, this in my head, it seemed really clear to me that happiness was just important. You know, whenever you do lose your life, I think whether it's really young at 24, whether it's down the track, I think this idea of as long as you're happy, uh, you know, at least you've, you've done well. And Chris was, in my opinion. And then I thought about my life at that point. And I remember thinking, well, if I was going to die at this point now, could I look back at my life and say that I was like genuinely stoked with how I lived, what I did, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and it dawned, it was quite a confronting question. I've never sort of flipped that perspective on myself. Mm-hmm. And I just realized I was super unhappy. Didn't know anything about myself. Just, uh, it's kind of like a, a thing that just stopped me in my tracks immediately. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just really sad when you lose anyone, of course. And I, I think I think the truth of it is that all these moments in life, like whether you're losing someone close to you or you almost lose your life or you get, you know, a bad diagnosis or and you, you often hear those are the stories that act as really interesting catalysts for us to consider deeper questions about ourselves. And I think in all those moments, there's always an opportunity to, grow and learn in any situation really and mm-hmm. you know in earth on earth and that for me was that it was an opportunity for me to kind of look at life differently and it, and it certainly changed my entire life yeah how did it turn into 100 things well it i mean 100 things is just the name that i sort of gave it i didn't yeah. expect it to be anything it wasn't for anyone else it was just yeah. a very kind of selfish choice really I just wanted to focus on myself. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I didn't know my values or my principles or what lit me up inside. And I thought I'd just try and find that. So it happened to be a hundred things. It was just like a, mm-hmm. a nice round number. And I, I had about a hundred things I wanted to do. So I just started traveling around and ticking off things like marrying a stranger, um, which again, like everyone's list is different. But for me, for whatever reason that, you know, kind of resonated with this value of adventure or something, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of breaking the shackles. And I just kept on going. and. Um, you know, it accidentally became popular. People started hearing about it and then it turned into what is now known, you know, by a lot of people as a hundred things. But for me, it was just a, you know, my own little journey that I was happy to share with friends and family. But it's, uh, it's turned into this, this beautiful accident, which is, as I said, it's kind of transcended this, just me. It's, it's, it's everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Are there like boxes that you tick when, when you were creating the list? Like, did it have to like you said, be adventurous or kind of fill something? Mm. Like what was like the requirements? Yeah, the, the rationale, the requirements for me, it just had to be something that really resonated with me for whatever reason. 
you know, I, 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 for me, I, it had to be something that I hadn't done before. It had to be something that got me out of my comfort zone because I just led such a sheltered life growing up. I was really shy. As I said, I didn't know myself. And I think getting out of your comfort zone is a way to really kind of explore that a little more. So everything had to make me nervous on some level. So there were things of a physical nature from doing like a, an Ironman event to, you know, spiritual kind of endeavours. Like I went to a, I, I, I'm not religious, but I went to an extreme um, Pentecostal church meet in New York, for example, and I just wanted to see it. Just a church um, session? It was a, pe- a Pentecostal church session. Yeah. So they speak about like the supernatural God and oh, they're really? the people where the God. With the snakes? Um, no, never mind. Sure. I mean, right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you want to tell us more about that? That sounds <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> no, this is like a supernatural God that enters the body and then they speak in tongues. Oh, the tongues. Oh, tongues, snakes. That's what I was going yeah. literally. So did they do that during the class? Oh, my gosh. So, they think, the most... so they're channeling essentially. Completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I re- yes, you were allowed are. in and did they notice? I, yeah, I had a meeting the day previous to their like, you know, Sunday meetup or whatever day it was. And the, the guy like, uh, he was like, okay, come meet me and there'll be one other there and we'll just see if you're ready. And I, I didn't know what that meant. So I went like fully open-minded, like I'm not there to judge. I just wanted to experience it. And he made me, I mean, it's going to sound very funny. He made me get on my knees and, and put my hands on a chair. <laughs> I'm just telling you what happened. And then what happened? <laughs> um, he was clothed. And he, but he was also, he was, he was stood quite, a, quite close to me to my side. And then he just said he could feel the supernatural God coming, you know, uh, in, inside the room. I was very lucky because he was there. You're lucky. Yeah. And he was like, uh, he started talking in tongues. He was doing a lot of like the hum, just like that. And he's like, if you feel like doing that yourself, that means God is entering your body. And he kept saying it. And I was trying to feel something and I, and I couldn't. And then he said, he said at one point, just do it. So I just started going, and he was like, that's it, that's it. And then the third person walked in the room and started slapping me on the top of the head, like a, some sort of celebratory slap, and which, which was painful. And then I kept doing it for, I'm not exaggerating, probably half an hour. And then he said, and, and I'm exhausted at this point, and then he said, and sweating. Still on your knees? Still on my knees, yeah. My, 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 my head is, is, is in so much pain from being slapped continuously. And then he, he said, if any words pop into your head, just say them. And that's God trying to communicate with us. So, I, and, <laughs> and again, that didn't happen naturally until he said, say something. So I, I can't remember what I said, but I, I you know, I was like, big room, painful head. And, and then he was like, wow, this is it. Okay, you're ready for tomorrow. And that was it. So I then went to the next day and it was a room of about 15 people and um, and good on them, by the way. Again, yeah, no judgment. Totally. But, you know, these people went in there and they they all felt something and God turned up and they were all speaking in tongues. And there was It was like there were instruments everywhere, like xylophones and guitars and triangles and God encouraged us through someone speaking to us uh, to pick them all up. So we just started this awful racket. It was horrible. It was horrible <laughs> music. Uh, and then, I mean, everyone was jumping up and down and sweating and, like, convulsing. I mean... It was it was super super interesting and like I didn't really feel like I was you know overcome by the the this Holy Spirit the or anything Lord, like that. Yeah. But um, you know, it makes it some good memories and I and I, and I left smiling and it was something that I'd never experienced before and it was perfect. Do they think that they can they understand each other's tongue? Yeah. Well, in the end, not the tongue itself. I could be wrong here, but not the tongue itself. But they end up speaking. So the guy would go, and I can't remember what his name was, but he would say, if anyone has God in them and and God wants to speak, come to the front and grab a microphone. And so literally this person would grab a microphone, go to the front and say, I remember her saying this, I am God. I am. And 
which you know, which was nice. It's like a, a better, a much better introduction than mine. And then I, I remember looking at her. Big room. Yeah, and I, I tried to avoid eye contact because I, I just thought I all I'm always that person who gets in like a weird situation. And <laughs> sh- sure enough, she came over to me, and I just oh, I was like oh no. And she grabbed my hand and dragged me into the middle of this in, of the aisles. And, uh, and this is God, I say she, I mean, it was God at this point. He, she, I don't know. Yeah. But, and then she like grabbed my hands, started slapping my hands and said, uh, I am God. You are a messenger. You need to share a message. And, um, and then I, I, I kind of, I was just quite scared at that point. I and, mean, that's kind of true. Yeah. No, so maybe, so maybe true. Right. You're like, yeah, you should see my Instagram. Yeah. So anyway, that, that, that was that. It was, it was fascinating. Wow. That's you know, incredible. And, yeah. And it, and it was something, you know, I think everyone should believe in something. I think having faith is crucial um, in whatever it is, is, you know, that's your choice. And then yeah. for those people, it was, it was that. And, uh, and, and it hats off to them. Wow. You also lived on the streets for a week. Oh yeah. I lived on the streets. Wow. Um, yeah, I did that what in Sydney. Where? Sydney. In Sydney, like my home. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's like outside your parents' house. <laughs> They're like, they why don't me, you come in? Well, they bought me out meals every day. No. Uh, no, it was in the city. In, in in the city, I just kind of like got the ferry across from Manly. I li- I, well, I live in LA now, but when I lived in Sydney, I was living on a beach called Manly. And I got the ferry into the city and uh, yeah, just with nothing, no phone, no wallet, just the clothes on my back. And uh, just kind of lived for a week, and it was it was really interesting to see my city from a completely different perspective, and then learn about you know the plight of this kind of like marginalised community, because you all have like thoughts about it, right? You know, homeless. Why don't they just get a job? Why don't they just do so? And and, and it's not actually that easy. Um, you know, there's a lot of mental illness. That's kind of like the biggest cause of why people are on the streets, but also kind of like alienation and no community or, or personal network. Oh, they say, I mean, like someone told me that yeah, I think anyone is like three. Uh, decisions or or, or uh, uh, events away from being homeless, you know, three bad turns and anyone could be homeless. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it was it was again fascinating. Like I, you know, I did all the things. I, I went to the soup kitchens and slept on, you know, the, the actual streets and met some incredible people. Like you know, even out there, like there's a lot of mental illness, a lot of aggression. People can't really look after themselves that well. But there's also a, a huge sense of community. Yeah, it's, you know, some some bits are pretty risky and dicey, but other parts uh, you can really feel like, you know, warmth. Like I was sleeping in a park one night and even though there was, it was quite segregated, like in one corner there were a certain type of people in the other, there was another type of people and so on. Within those communities, there was, you know, friendliness, laughter, music, all that kind of stuff. So it was, I mean, that, yeah, that was super interesting. It was a great week. Do you ever feel danger? Do you ever feel in danger? One time I was, I was sleeping in, I found this thing called a street swag. So, which is like a, if you just picture like a, a sleeping bag that has, yeah. it, it's pinned up at one end where your head is so it doesn't fall on your face. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like a swag, it's like an Australian kind of uh, thing that you would use in the, in the bush. Um, but they have a street swag. So these, these awesome people, it's a charity. I can't remember what oh, they're called. Cool. But oh, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they give them out to the homeless and I, and I got one. Anyway, I was sleeping <laughs> one of these things and, uh, it was like two in the morning, broken sleep. It's, you know, it's hard. And then someone unzipped my thing and then stuck his face. <gasps> and he was like, Chris, Chris. And I was like, I'm not Chris. And then he's left. And I, at that moment, I was like, I don't know what's about to happen. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, but that was, that was, that was, that was it. That was really the only dicey moment. I mean, there are, you know, I, I was having conversations with people and, you know, there's like one guy over here who's schizophrenic, another one there who's bipolar and another one, and that they, they all have their own things going on and arguments like 
startup mm. and threats come really quickly and, you know, people have scars all over their faces and, you know, I mean, this is a generalization, but yeah. I mean, it can get to a point it's like where- It's always survival mode. It really is. Yeah. 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 So it was a well. uh, super interesting insight, that one. I like that one. So mm. it started. So what were, were you working when, when this first started or you were backpacking? Well, I was kind of, I was backpacking. Yeah. And then I, f- I flew to Vegas, married this stranger, um, Shivali, her name is, by so the way. That, is that the first of your? It was kind of like the first one that I decided. Uh, How'd you find her? F- long story, <laughs> but I, I flew to Vegas by myself. Um, I met a, I actually met a stripper uh, called Crystal Mud Wrestling. We were like, her last name was Mud Wrestling or you were Mud Wrestling? We were Mud Wrestling. I don't know what her last name was, but I don't think it was Mud Wrestling. <laughs> Where was Stripper Mud Wrestling? Uh, the, the, so Crystal was Mud Wrestling at a, I can't remember, it's like a, a it's some horrible bar somewhere just off the strip or something. Right now or something. Yeah, and I, remember, I actually remember the sign above the bar was Dirty No, no, actually, I clearly don't remember it. It was something like Dirty Girls Get Dirtier or something, and I thought, <laughs> of course, wow, totally. what a place to find a prospective bride. So I went in there and I met this girl, and I just said, look, I'm looking to marry someone for a day. Would you be interested? And she, she was. She wasn't doing anything the next day. So I then went and found a, uh, a wedding chapel called the Say I Do Wedding Drive Through, and I turned up. I was wearing this ridiculous jacket, it's horrible, very colourful, and yeah, and uh, and about twenty people turned up, strangers who I didn't know. I didn't know anyone because uh, they all heard what I was up to. But then Crystal, my bride to be, stood me up. Ah, yeah. Can never count on strippers. I know. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, not this one. Literally, you have like $50 in your hand. You're like, she's like, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds just like her. (laughs) It's actually me. My name is actually Crystal. (laughs) So I I looked down at like the 20 people that were there and I was like, look, is there anyone else here who'd marry me, please? Please, for the day. (laughs) And there was. There was the receptionist in my hostel called Crystal. and, um, And we got married. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was fantastic. And as it happened, by the way, I don't have to, I always forget to tell this part, but I got an email. I I went back to Australia afterwards and two weeks later, I got an email from Crystal. The stripper? The stripper. Because I sent her an email that morning saying, hey, where where are you? Um, you (laughs) It's like a calendar invite. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And and she, so it was a reply email. So it was re-urgent your wedding. And it said something to the effect. Which wedding? Yeah, well, she said, I had to remind. Anyway, so she was like, basically, I was on the way to the wedding and she got hit by a car (gasps) and ended up in hospital. And, and And the email said she still wanted to get married. Oh no! How much yeah. money could you wire her, <laughs> <laughs> honey? Oh wow! Anyway, but it works out. Crazy! You can't yeah. be trusting. You can't be trusting strippers. They're trifling. Yeah, I don't know what you just, just said. But I don't know what trifling <laughs> I'm means. I'm just kidding. You can trust everyone. Well, here's the thing. Here's like a, you know, on a on a on a serious note, what I have found with this this journey is like I I, I trust is so important, and I generally mm. have a huge trust, and I find that intrinsically, more mm. so than not, people are good. And I love that. And that's the reason why this works. Not because I'm special, but we're all special, right? Um, and, and I just think innately we want to connect. And yeah, I, I don't know. We're, I mean, some people wait for other people to show their cards before they then show theirs. But ultimately, it, we all want to. It's just one layer deeper on some people than, than others. We're, so you had a job at one point oh, and yeah. it was like kind of... I, I, you like I, I mentioned went, it briefly, but we, I want to go back. Yeah, I went back. So I married this stranger, got, got back uh, to Australia and thought, wow, okay, I've, I've created this list. This is awesome. But then like I kind of forgot about it. I got 
caught up in the whole rigmarole of what you should do. So I started a company with a friend. It was like an inflatable movie screen business. So we, we inflated these big giant air mattresses essentially and showed movies to communities. I did it for two years and forgot about my list. And of course, though, after about two years, I just got really, really down in the dumps and I, I didn't enjoy the business. I, I, I Even if it made a billion dollars, I wouldn't have been happy. And I, I, I was just kind of spiralling, really. I didn't realise it. And then I went out for dinner one night with a mate. He, he invited me out because I had no money and he paid for dinner. And then halfway through, before he paid for dinner, I, I was kind of looking around this beautiful restaurant and everyone was like, drinking, you know, fine wine and it was all silver service and stuff. And there was a whole group of us there. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. In fact, I do. I'm only here because it's free food. And I just didn't like that about myself. So I excused myself and I was like, Dave, who's, who's you know, still one of my best mates. I said, Dave, I've got to go. Um, so I left and then I got into a taxi and I was like, oh, I don't have any money. So I ran back in. I was like, can I please borrow $50 to get home? Got in the, he gave me $50. I got in the cab and then we were driving and then just we happened to be halfway across the Sydney Harbour Bridge and I just broke down crying. I, just, I couldn't stop crying in the back mm. of this cab and I was like, what, what's happening? I, I just didn't know. And mm-hmm. I got home that night and I can't remember if I slept well or not, but for effect I'll say I didn't. And uh, anyway, the next morning I woke up and I, I, I basically like opened up my, this drawer next to my work desk in my room where I was working all the time and it was my list. And I remember just thinking, wow, Imagine if I put this much energy that I've put into the business because I give everything, my Mm. everything. Imagine if I just like put all that energy into my list, what would happen? And I was like, well, I would be so happy. I I would achieve as much as I wanted and I'd be having fun. And it, I don't know, it was just like a, you know, like a, just like that. Just, just like that, I just decided to do it. So I ran down to the, the local uh, like news agency, got a big wall uh, world map to put on my wall, and then I put 100 tags on there according to my list. And then I called up Dave and I said, as soon as we pay this business off, I'm going to go and do this list. And then that happened maybe, I don't really know, maybe six months afterwards or something. And, um, and that was the beginning. So I had $9,000 in my account. That was it. I ran out after about five months. Um, but that was, you know, nine years ago and, and I'm, I'm here still. So, Yeah. Wow. What did you do? So after the money ran out, what did you do about money? Well, um, I was staying on the friend's floor Uh and, and I, you know, I was obviously thinking, well, how can I kind of save money here? And I thought, well, I can either go home and be broke or be broke here. So I'll just keep on trying. Mm. Just a really interesting part of this, actually. I thought, what can I do for my list? That's free. So I looked at it and I thought, oh, I can be silent for a week. I can't remember what. I want to do that. It's amazing. Was it? I did it in the middle of Manhattan. It wasn't like a retreat or a Vipassana or whatever you call those things. Oh, um, wow. It was, uh, Just by yourself? By myself. It's a complete weirdo in the middle of Manhattan. Like I put tape over my mouth. I, uh, I did like, I, I, I went to a comedy club. I worked in an office for a day. I, I went on a blind date. It's quite funny for me at least, not her. <laughs> um, but, but the interesting part of this is that as soon as I put the tape in my mouth, I walked outside, I bumped into a friend of mine from Australia who I hadn't seen in five years called Paulie. And Paulie sees me in the middle of the meatpacking district, like super busy. Like what are the chances? And he's like, oh, Seb, it's so good to see you. Can't believe it. And I got a bit of paper out and I was like, great to see you. I can't talk to you till next Tuesday. Um, and he was like, <laughs> and the story goes that he, he happened to be a sailor. I didn't know that. And he's like, I'm going into a bar to see all my, my crew and, and the owner. You should come with me. It'll be hilarious. So I ended up going into this bar with him and um, went to this bar, met everyone. And I couldn't obviously talk. So I was just like this complete outsider. And, and the owner of the, 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 the boat crew, same as Tyson, basically asked for my email address and my website. And I gave them both to him. And a week later, when I was speaking, I got an email from Tyson 
And he basically said in a really lovely way, you know, when I met you, I thought you were a Fruit Loop. Um, now I've looked at your website. It really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've got all the things in the world I could ever want, but I don't have this, this kind of uh, ability you have to put all your energy towards your passions. And it was just interesting how he phrased it as well. He said he was jealous, uh, you know, this, this idea that someone materialistically had everything and, and I didn't, but he liked what I was up to. And he said, I want to help you out. And eventually in the same email, he, he offered me a blank check, just as much money as I wanted to complete every item from my list. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, people are good. Oh my I, God. And I, and I just read over this, this email uh, three, four, five times. My mate came in the room and I was like, what does this mean? He's like, yeah, yeah, this guy's like offering you all the money in the world. And I thought about it and I was like, wow, this would be cool because I could accelerate my list, tick everything off, how great. Um, and then it started to dawn on me, but maybe this trip isn't really about just ticking things off. Mm. I, I think it's about something a little bit deeper. I think it's about trying to work out who I am really on a deeper level. I think the list is more so... And everyone's lists, you know, it's great to have ambitions and goals and whatever, but I think really they're just our vehicles to work out who we are. And then I think once you work out who you are, I think we should just try to be ourselves. And I think that's it for me. And I kind of realized at that point, or at least started to realize that that was about, so I, I, t- I turned down his offer and I felt brilliant about it. And uh, I continued to use my credit card, just maxed that thing out, ended up in Geneva through a series of events, working in a bar, trying to learn French, which is on my list. And um, wasn't making any money, but I was still experiencing life and ticking things on my list. And, and then I got offered a book deal. And then that was kind of like the beginning of like this whole other thing where, you know, now I write a lot and, and then I get asked to speak a lot on stage mm. around the world. Who'd have thought? And that led to TV shows and documentaries. And so that's kind of how that worked out financially because a lot of people have this assumption that, you know, I have a, a rich dad or something. Uh, and, and that's not, it's not really true, but, but that's kind of, yeah, that's how it sort of progressed. Um, I just could have had a rich daddy in New York. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He's actually stayed a really good mate of mine. He is awesome. He's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I let him pay for dinner that night when he did offer me all that money. You did. We caught up for dinner. Yeah. And, uh, he can pay for my dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you got offered the book deal. Were you, did people know about what you were doing through social media? I think so. Yeah. Uh, is that disgusting? (laughs) <laughs> um, the you life force shot. shot of life force. What is it? Yeah. It's, it's gross. I don't know, it's orange, lemon, ginger, chlorophyll. Chlorophyll sounds like, I thought it was like a drug that you, you That's kill, the green kill stuff in plants. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think pepper. of what you're thinking of. Chloroform maybe? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just looked at you both. Like, what are you, where, where is this <laughs> you're going? You're done. <laughs> Literally, yeah, you're done. We roll them up in the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember what you asked me. I can't either. So like how, how did people know? Yeah. Like oh. the book deal, like did they see you were doing it? Like, did someone, I mean, you've had some serendipitous moments. It's actually the whole thing. The the whole thing. Like I've never, there's there's never been a strategy. I never did this to become anything. Um, I never thought it would. I never thought anyone would be interested in it really. I I always loved the idea myself and I loved living it, but yeah, no, it was all kind of like word of mouth on my personal Facebook page. You know, I was just sharing stories with my friends and those got shared, I suppose. And yeah. So then there's a lot of people who wanted, you know, I got approached by a few publishers at the time to, when I got back to Australia to write a book and yeah, like, you know, even the speaking, like, I think I, someone asked me to speak to us. I was in Canada at the time. I just delivered a baby, which was on my list as well. It's number 23. That's a cool story. Yeah. And, um, need to hear that. What some, it was in a, a local newspaper and someone contacted me, found my details and said, would you do a talk at our school, my kid's school? And I was like, huh, that's weird. I go, yeah. Okay. So I did a talk at a school and I found that as I was speaking, I just put this kind of like 
talk together, something about goal setting, shit, trying to make people laugh basically. But by the end, people, it wasn't just the kids, but the teachers and the parents were all like really moved. And I remember seeing like tears and like real moments of, of like deep thought and, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I, and it, it started to become clear at that point that this, that there was a really interesting, important message within yeah. this all some, somewhere hidden. And I didn't know about it. So yeah, that's, I, I don't know. I, I, I kept, I keep doing this because I, I enjoy it, but B, it seems to have a really positive impact yeah. um, on others. And from that, yeah, it comes a lot of serendipitous stuff. So, you know, I, I've got like a feature on ESPN at the moment. It's been no seen way. like yeah. 20 million times. So and good. It, it, again, I, and, pe- and I often, pe- people are like, well, how did you do that? How did you get that? How did you get a book deal? How come you have a, a TV show? Uh, I, 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 my honest answer is I don't know. I don't know quite li- like the literal mechanics of it, but what I can tell you is if you find something that you're passionate about and you apply yourself um, and you, you know, you, you, you become entirely accountable for what you're doing and you're passionate, et cetera, et cetera, things happen. The right things will happen. So um, yeah, that's kind of how everything sort of unfolded and still is. Like I, I really think I'm 10% into this journey and I'm, I'm, it's become a lot more about helping people and engaging these strangers to do good to one another and I'm just about to launch something which I think will, you know, be incredible and, and world-changing. Yeah, I mm. want to talk about that. So there was one thing on your list, right? 20? Oh, yeah, 26 was help six. a stranger. Mm-hmm. My whole, the, the analogy that I sort of live by, you know when you're on a plane and they say oxygen masks will fall from the ceiling, put yours on first before helping others? If you think about that, because everyone's heard it but no one really listens and neither had I, but it sort of implies being selfish, like put yours on first, help yourself first, and then when you're okay, help others. And I think that's what my list was. I was like looking after myself really trying to figure out myself. And then by doing so, I, I, I didn't know at the time, but I was sort of more ready to help others. And I got this really timely email from a guy who saw me on TV in Australia, um, where I'm a huge deal. No, 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 after. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I did this thing on, uh, on, on TV back home and this guy, Mark basically shared with me his story that he was, I think he was 32 years old went backpacking to Greece, got bitten by a tick and contracted Lyme disease. And so this Lyme disease isn't very, isn't well acknowledged in Australia, but within a very short amount of time, he became quadriplegic and can't move a muscle in his body. Can't speak, has a, has a slur. It goes on and on. He needs a 24-hour care team, a ventilator mm. to stay alive at night. It's, you know, it's horrendous. And he said that he created a list of 150 things and he wanted me to shave his head. So I flew to Melbourne to shave this stranger's head and it was really interesting because I got to learn about Mark and his story. And I remember shaving his head and like just seeing in his eyes how much it meant to him, ticking something from his list. And, and I felt great. It was the first time I ever helped anyone else out. And then at the end of it, I said, is there anything else I, I can do for you? I can do a lot more than this. And he said uh, via his translator, well, the translator said, Mark wants to do a half marathon. He's always wanted to do a half marathon. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Well done. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, how can I help you? And he looked at me and paused. And then it was the first thing I ever understood him say. And he said, um, push me. And that was it. That was it. I just like, like a switch. I was just like, I'm in, I can't think of anything else I want to do more than this. So I signed us up for the Melbourne half marathon. And, uh, and a few months later I, I went back home. I started training for a little bit. And a few months later I went down, um, with a few other people who wanted to help as well. And we pushed Mark and, you know, around this half marathon course. And it was the best thing I'd ever done in my life. It was, Super emotional. It was incredibly rewarding for everyone. I got to see 
the smile on Mark's face, who, by the way, almost died during the race. It was so intense. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was something that, it, it really did. It changed the trajectory of my life. And, and after that, I just knew I wanted to help more people. And so I've been doing a lot of things like that. Not necessarily for people who are disabled, people who are able-bodied too. I get emails from people who, are, mm-hmm. who have no money and I get emails from people who have lots of money, but they all need help. People who live in the middle of nowhere, people who live in the middle of massive cities like LA. You know, I, I've, I found that I guess what's happened retrospectively is I've stopped my list and I'm, I'm on 72 and I'm, I might not tick another thing off, but I am committed to helping as ma- many other people as I can. So that was then turned into this reality show called 100 Things. And I was giving a talk on stage in LA and uh, Defy Media, this production company were there. And they said, look, we'd like to make a show about you. What can it be about? And I was like, oh, I, I think it'd be really good if, if we could help as many people as possible. So the show was 26 episodes. Each episode I helped someone. And it was really cool. So that was done, but the issue was for every one person we would help, there'd be so many more who had written in who needed help, but I had to say no to, and I hated that. And I thought, well, that's like a real issue. How do I get around this? And so I started getting emails from a whole other bunch of people saying, hey, we're seeing that you're helping people. Do you know anyone that we can help? So I had accidentally, because this whole thing is an accident, found myself in the middle of people on one side who needed help and on the other side who could help. And I thought, I just need to like introduce them to each other. So I thought, how do I do that? And it was just really obvious to me to make a, like an app basically, which is kind of like online dating, but purely for acts of kindness. So yeah, so I moved to America about a year and a half ago and I've just been through this incredibly interesting journey of finding the best way to do this, you know? I mean, I mean, I could, I could literally talk for hours about this, but um, I found the best way to do it and now I have it and I'm just about to launch it. So yeah. In fact, by the time people are listening mm-hmm. to this, maybe it's launched. Yeah. I think that would probably think so. be the case. Yeah. So it's called? It's called Kindsome, which is K-I-N-D-S-U-M. And I guess the idea is that kindness counts, you know. Do you like that? It's a little yeah, bit. I like it I a lot, actually. It. It's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't yeah. told anyone that yeah. before. Really? It's incredible. Yeah. So it's it, it's kind, kindsome.com. And it's, it's literally just a meeting place for peer-to-peer kindness. So if you, if, for example, if you needed help, say if I needed help I, with something meaningful and non-financial, nothing's financial here. Like that. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's, like, there's GoFundMe, there's all those things for, for, for money, right? Uh, this is just for simple acts. So if I wanted help with something that was really meaningful to me, I'd go there, I'd create a project, put my location, it would go onto a map. And then if you guys wanted, you were like, oh, I just want to help someone today, you'd go there, put in your location. There'd be categories for the types of help too. So whether it's last wish or elderly or, you know, animals, and then I'd pop up and you'd read my story. And if you'd like it, you'd just send me a message directly and we'd connect. It's as simple as that. And I have been obsessing about this for years and years and years. Only now has it, has it come to fruition. So I'm just so excited it's, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, it's, the last year and a half has been this journey of talking to business people, investors, this, that, and the other. And I basically took a, a sidestep to all of those things. So they became quite confusing for me. And the, the conversation came about money and I don't want this to be about money. Um, and so I've just bootstrapped it myself. So it's just this thing that I'm just doing as one man at this point. I think if it works, it could change the world though. You know, and I, I really mean that. I also know how crazy that might sound, but why not? I, I'm, I'm convinced. So if it does work, I'll need a team and all that kind of stuff. But it's the very beginning part. So if anyone wants to check it out now, you know, they could go and just sign up uh, just as a an indicator that they're keen to do something. And then as this thing grows and grows and grows, there'll be more people on there who need help. And, you know, I guess if, if anyone needed help, you should go there and, and sign up. Or if you know someone who does, you can nominate them too. So we'll see, we'll see what happens.
an awesome part of how this got made, by the way. And again, no one knows this. I haven't spoken about any part. of this. So I got, I, I ended up in prison, right? Was that one of the list? No, it was to do a talk, thankfully. <laughs> and so, so I sounded quite edgy Oh, there. you were in prison <laughs> to do a talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty mundane myself. Oh, and, wow. So I did this talk. Uh, there's this amazing program called The Last Mile and they basically, cool. this guy called Chris and his wife Beverly run it and they, I didn't know them, they actually saw the ESPN documentary. He approached me and said, would you do a talk in the prison? Um, he runs a coding program in there. So these inmates learn how to code and make websites so they have a skill which mm, when they come wow. out of jail, they get, you know, they'll get a job. So I was like, yeah, no worries. Like, who else, you know, is speaking? And he's like, well, we have Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, Steph Curry, Lance Armstrong. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. As long as I go before Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I did this talk and hung around for hours. And the most fascinating people there were the, were the inmates, these incarcerated men in, in this instance. And we were just speaking to them for, for hours, asking them all, because I ask everyone, what's on your list, right? And each one of them had an answer. Like one guy wanted to do a marathon. And I was like, well, how are you going to do a marathon? He's like, well, I'm going to do 122 laps of the yard. Uh, and, you know, it would, people wanted to be YouTube stars. Someone wanted to start a family. This, um, this black guy wanted to meet the leader of the Ku Klux Klan to interview him and just see why he feels the way he feels. Whoa. I mean, like really, really varied as anyone's lists are, right? Any group of people. Um, anyway, at the end, four guys came up to me and they said, look, uh, we think we can make this site for you. And I was just like, bang, I'm in, let's do it. So I've been having meetings, Skype meetings with incarcerated dudes. And they're all in like, you know, they're blue jumpsuits. And they're, you know, they're like so excited to speak as I am. And they're like, Seb, this is the website. This is the latest tweak we've done. I've gone into the prison twice and met these guys. And I got really emotional and I just hugged them all. I was like, thank you so much. It just, but you know, my thought is innately, we all have an ability and desire to be kind. We just don't quite know how. And anyone can make a difference given an opportunity. And this site is 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 testament to that. These inmates, these four inmates have made a site which I think will change the world. That is fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm so excited. And it's like one of those things where it's like you see them as helpful and you see them as kind. So then you see they see them act as human. Way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then in turn they act that way. Yeah. You know? I think you just need an opportunity. You know, people can be good. You just need an opportunity. Yeah. It needs to be inclusive and you need to lead by example. And I'm not saying that I do. Uh, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But like, I, you know, I think if you see it out there, you know, you can do that too. And, you know, there, there are already people on the site that, so Mark, for example, the guy we pushed in the half marathon, we're, we're, we're mates now and uh, he wants to do a, a full marathon. So there's a full marathon on October 14th in Australia and Mark's looking for 30 people to help him run. And so we were chatting and I was like, mate, I've just developed this thing. It's perfect for that. So he's like one of the first people on there. There's a girl wow. in LA who's had renal failure. She's on dialysis now. She needs a kidney. So um, she just needs a kidney. So I've put her on there. She's looking for a donor. It looks like there's someone who's already interested in doing it. It's amazing. There's uh, a war vet who suffering from PTSD and she just wants to talk to somebody else who's been through the same journey. I mean, it just goes on and on. There's a, a guy in Venice who got stabbed and he's been in a hospital um, for a while. He's in a really bad place or he has been in a really bad place. And he just wants to like connect with people who are on, you know, who are healthy and on the outside to feel like he hasn't been forgotten. So it's the smallest acts of kindness on many occasions. Often it's just talking to somebody and, uh, you know, it's just a matter because you can do anything on a phone. You can, you know, you can order food, you can get a, a wife or a husband. Well, I don't know. You probably can, <laughs> but you can do, you can do anything, but you can't go out there and find someone to help instantly. And you can't, if you need help, put it out there. You know, I work for a lot of charities. I'm the, I'm the Australian ambassador for Make-A-Wish and they're fantastic. But what I have found generally with charities is, you know, it's not instant. There's, there's a lot of yeah. paperwork. It's, you know... There's a lot of things to be said and I won't go into it, but this is 
pick up your phone, find someone to help, connect with them immediately, and you can meet them in an hour type thing. And, and I'm fascinated by that idea. Yeah. What's challenging about this? Like kind of getting mm. anything about getting it off the ground or that you need help with? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not this, as I said, I'm not a business strategist. I don't mm. know the world of business. So it's purely an idea from my end. So I've had lots of help from, from really cool people. It, it's interesting. It's, I mean, it's the same as, it's kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of this cliff about to, to jump, right? Well, that sounds kind of ominous, like but whatever mm-hmm. analogy you use, like I'm just about to take that first step. And that's always quite a tricky one. And I've found that even I've been hesitating a little bit. I, you know, the advice I've been given is, you know, build up social media channels and get people, ambassadors prearranged to really spread this, get media outlets on board, blah, blah, blah. And that sounds great, but I just not really me. And just like a hundred things, I just did it because I knew it was the right thing at the time for me. And I did it and everything else followed. And I think that's how I'm going to do it. So, I mean, I'm just going to launch it and see really. So, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose I could do lots of help, but I think really the idea is as long as the technology is good, which it is, although it's just the first version, it'll, it'll iterate and become better and better and better. I think the, the rest is just exposure. Yeah. So yeah, just community. Mm. Has your intuition wow. intuition sharpened? Like as you've done the list, as you've developed kind some, like I just, like in so many of these stories, you're like, I just wasn't me. I didn't feel right about it. You know what I mean? Were you always like that? I think that everyone's, well, maybe I'm, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that everyone's really intuitive. And I think it's just about whether you listen or not. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think I listened at one point. And I think now I, I know myself a lot better. So therefore I'm a lot happier um, forgetting what I've done from a list. I'm just a better person. And yeah, I, I, you know, if I get a thought or a feeling, I'll generally go with it. Not to say, you know, not to say that I'm not kind of at times hesitant about things, but yeah, um, I procrastinate like everyone else, but no, I listen to myself. I think I've got a pretty good, I've got, I got a pretty good kind of like compass on me now, I yeah. think. And not to say I don't, I mean, I, I largely run into only good people. Most of my experiences are brilliant and, you know, surrounded by great people, et cetera. But um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I just sort of go with things now. I guess what would be like your last parting words for almost 30 nations. So some of them are in jobs. Some of them love them. Some of them don't. Um, some of them may feel lost. What would you say? Well, I mean, I, I can only speak to myself mm-hmm. or, you know, from my experiences, but I, I can certainly say that this idea of thinking about yourself and being selfish sort of quote unquote is crucial. It's, it's not like a, it, it's not something that should be, you know, looked at maybe at one point. It's just really important. And and I, for me, it started with one question, which was what's on my list. And, you know, I can say that like with true consideration and application, because at the end of the day, we have to choose into this stuff. You can easily choose not to. You have to choose to do it. If you choose to think about it, you understand your values, you start understanding yourself better and you come up with a list. It, it It's about pursuing it. it. It really is. And I, and I think, I think really the potential to answering that question properly for yourself and taking action is that not only will it change your life, but it could change the life of, of others, you know, people you haven't even met yet. And I think that's worth doing it. So for anyone listening, who's kind of thinking about their life, even if everything's going really, really well, it doesn't have to be going bad. It's just a really timely question that we should be constantly checking in with ourselves with. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think it leads to a better world ultimately. Imagine if everyone in the world was super passionate and purpose-driven as we should be every single day from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep at night and whatever it was you chose to fill your day up with in the middle, the world would be this incredible, incredible place. Um, but it doesn't happen too often. So yeah, that would be it. I would just mm. ask people to consider that question. Beautiful. I know, I think that's why it's important you're talking to kids. 
like they're the next generation and to kind of get them thinking about that rather than, I mean, I, I remember myself like in school, they're just literally from middle school on, they're just, you're preparing to get into college. Then in college, you're preparing to be in the workforce. Like there's never this freedom or space to kind of think about yourself, like your place in the world, you know, not according to how much money you're going to make or anything like that. So I think that's um, critical for that generation. And we certainly live in this, this kind of like the hangover of this, this era where, um, you know, it, it was very regimented the way we were brought up, you know, go to school, get enough education, further education to find a job, a number of jobs, a career to secure money, to buy a house, a car or whatever, and then retire. And I think at one point that maybe did make sense, but now it doesn't. It just absolutely doesn't yet. Yeah. There are still things, I think the education system is really outdated. I think it's starting to change a little. Even the way that we think about careers, like, you know, what you guys are doing is fantastic. People can do this. You can start up a, a successful podcast and really influence people in amazing ways and live well yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, we just need to be encouraged to do that stuff. And yeah, I think it's kind of, it's almost disruptive thinking, but is it really? I don't know. I think you can do anything you want. Essentially, I think you can just choose to do whatever it is you want. You just need to give yourself time to think about it. That's what I think is important. Love that. You're the best. How can people connect with you? You can, if you see me, just come say hello. <laughs> um, uh, my we- so my, my 100 Things website is 100things.com.au for Australia, AU. Kindsome is, I can't believe I'm promoting it. It's the first time I've ever promoted yeah, it. So, so it's kindsome, K-I-N-D-S-U-M.com. I don't know, on uh, Instagram, Instagram, I'm Seb, S-E-B, 100 Things. Uh, Facebook, Sebastian Terry or 100 Things. I mean, I don't know. If you want to yeah. find me, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So well, excited. They're coming for you. Yeah. I'm so excited about Kind Sum. Yeah. I'd like to do like a Kind Sum challenge. Yeah. Within our community. I It'd love be cool. that. Because we have so many different chapters, you know, it'd be kind of cool to have each of the almost 30 chapters maybe take on mm-hmm. a few projects a month or something like that and do like a challenge would be cool. Yeah, totally. Would love that. Thanks for being here. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. I didn't know the interview had started for like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> That's usually how we, how we roll. <laughs> yeah. He like pooped his pants, took a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things happening over there. All right. You're the best. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Sebastian Terry. Sebastian Terry. <laughs> he, wait, Rise of Lights. <laughs> Rise of Lights. <laughs> Did he speak? I think maybe... Off the podcast, he like spoken in an American accent. It was hilarious. It always mm-hmm. cracks me up when they do that. Mm-hmm. Well, what did I say? I was talking about Cairns. I'm going to Cairns. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like spelled C-A-I-R-N-S. It's where like, oh. it's really easy to access the Great Barrier Reef and I'm going in a few weeks or maybe I'm there now. I'm not sure. Um, but it's like spelled Carnes. So I called it Carnes. He's like, it's Cairns. <laughs> It's cans, <laughs> but I did, but I did Melbourne, right? Oh, you like, did I'm Melbourne, going right? to Melbourne. Like, Good job. <laughs> Good job. Okay. I want to read the review of the week, please. Mm-hmm. This is Flum, Flum, mm-hmm. Flute Set, F-L-O-O-T-S-E-T-T-E. Long time listener, first time reviewer. I've been listening since the very beginning of Almost 30, the infamous closet floor recordings, and it has been a true pleasure to watch Krista and Lindsay find their voices and their wings as this community has grown. Their ability to be truly and authentically themselves gives others a safe space to do the same. 
as evidenced by the uniquely strong and supportive community that has built up around them. They keep it fun and light while delivering quality content, but aren't shy about getting deep when it's needed. I admire their willingness to bring tough conversations to the forefront. This is truly, there's truly something for everyone here. You'll do yourself a favor by tuning in. Thank you. That's such a great one. That was a good one. Thanks for sticking with us. (laughs) All the closet floor recordings. The infamous closet floor recordings. Um, Thank you. All right. We will see you next week. Um, Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday. We love you 